It can't get any worse, or can it? It might. Thursday night, we've got a barn burner, Sabres and Leafs. We'll talk about it coming up next, including some big changes to the Sabre lineup. Coming up here on Locked on Sabres. Your Locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Thursday night, Key Bank Center, Sabres and Maple Leafs. We got a seven o'clock puck drop for this affair, which has a lot of interesting components to it, given the game the Sabres have just come off of, some of their history this season against good teams, in particular to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and also what we're going to see in the arena on Thursday night, among many things to get to. Coming off a nine to four loss, what are the Sabres going to look like? against Toronto. We will find out. We will go through the lineups for this game, in particular spend some time sifting through the Sabres lineup because Don Granado, if he's going down, he's going down with the ship that got him here. And I'll explain what that means in a matter of moments. If you do see uh, watch along on our YouTube channel, be sure to like and subscribe us if you're watching the show, which you can always do. I just figured, you know, it's about time. They've earned it. Honestly, they've earned it. The drought count, the number of days since the last Sabre playoff game. It's going to throw it at the bottom here. Just a little reminder of what Sabre fans have had to go through, which is something that no other group of hockey fans in history have ever been asked to go through. And that is, at the moment, 4,621 days without a playoff game. That's where we sit right now with the drought count. That is 4621 number of days since the last Sabre playoff game, game seven in Philadelphia. So uh, it's hey, nobody's in a good mood right now. And the team has been put on a blast for that nine to four loss to Columbus. And I think deservedly. So we've had a lot of fans chime in with Don Granado's job security and what they would like to see the Sabres do in response. If you want to chime in on that front, be sure to check out our locked on Sabres text line, Join subtext.com slash locked on savers to sign up. And I imagine that we're going to have a lot of back and forth on Thursday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But we'll also send out breaking news on who the goaltender will be, which at the moment it appears it's going to be Uka Pekalukinen, but we don't know that for sure. If you want to know the moment that it's going to be announced, then Join subtext.com slash locked on sabers. We send out breaking news alerts, uh, a lot of chatter during the games with each other, uh, and uh, of course, plenty more premium access uh, to us here at Locked On Sabers. To me, here at Locked On Sabers. We will get into the Leafs lineup in a matter of moments, but I do want to get to what the Sabres are going to look like in this game. Um, none of this is official yet because they still have to do some activations off of injured reserve. But at time of recording, it appears as though. We are getting some guys returning to the lineup to try and save the day. It is as close to a healthy lineup as we have seen all season for the Sabres. In fact, it pr- pretty much is their healthiest lineup. And if everybody was healthy, this might be what it looks like. At this point, 
Zemgis Girgits is the only guy really that's missing? I, that's kind of it, I think. So looking at the forward lines, what does that mean? Jeff Skinner was practicing on Wednesday and looks like he might be in line to play on Thursday. Skinner was on a line with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. And Jordan Greenway was also back practicing. So he could be another guy that returns to the lineup. Again, we're waiting officially on those two, but it looks pretty good that they're going to that they're going to be in. Look at the lines. Thompson with Tuck and Skinner. Cousins with Quinn and Paterka. Middlestat with Benson and Greenway. Now, and then Krebs with Oposo and Robinson. Especially the top two lines. Tage, Tuck, Skinner, Cousins, Paterka, Quinn. Don Granado, if he's going down, he's going down with the ship that got him here. He's going down with those top two lines. Those were the lines that spearheaded the top, uh, the third highest scoring team in hockey last season. It was those two lines together. And they have not had an opportunity to play together all year. At least Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka have not. Thompson, Tuck, Skinner, of course, have had a lot of time. So I don't blame Granado. Like, hey, you know what? I'm going down swinging with the guys that got me here, the combination that got me here. And let's let's try it one more time. Can we get these guys going, playing with the same players they played with last year? And a big question for that is how ready is Jack Quinn to step right back in and into a, a top six role? He played on really what was the fourth line against the Blue Jackets. Is he ready for a larger workload, power play time, important five-on-five minutes on a line that is going to be asked to score goals in a big way? Quinn played 14-35, 14 minutes, 35 seconds of Tuesday night's loss to the Blue Jackets. I'd imagine on that line, he's playing at least 17 minutes of ice time and maybe 18, 19, or even 20. He's going to see more. I hope Don Granato saw enough to want to see more from him. He had two shot attempts in the game, didn't register a shot on goal, a minus two. He was one for two in the faceoff circle, getting thrown in there a couple of times. Can he go right back in with Cousins and Quinn and produce? Uh, you got to hope so. He, listen, we should be open to that possibility that Quinn is enough to save the day. Jack Quinn was my no- nominee in July for the breakout candidate of the 23-24 season. I saw Quinn as a guy that could score 30 goals and see 60 and have 60 plus points. And I still believe had he not injured his Achilles, that would have happened. And as good as Paterka's looked, Quinn might even look a little bit better. And I think that capability is in there. The big question of course is can he do that coming off an Achilles injury? We will see. Man, I'm crossing my fingers. The answer is yes, because the Sabres sorely need goal scoring and anybody that's capable of doing that. But now you look at the lineup, and it looks pretty good on paper. It looks like a team. This is why everybody has the right to be so pissed off. That team on paper has the looks of a playoff team. It should be a playoff team. I don't care how young they are. I don't care what their experience level is. That team they're going to put on the ice on Thursday night against the Maple Leafs should be a playoff team. But here we sit, and they are miles out of a spot at the, at this given moment. Uh, Skinner back up with Thompson and talk. He looked like he sustained a back injury. So we will see what level 
we get from Skinner also. Because, um, you know, that could be an injury. He's rushing back from a little bit. Thompson rushed back from his injury. These guys are trying to save the season. Uh, and they're just not healthy maybe doing it. But, hey, that's not an excuse. Guys around the NHL are always playing injured. And when you're playing injured, you still got to produce or else you shouldn't be out there. So if you're going to be out there, time to produce. And that will be up to Jeff Skinner. So can they go toe-to-toe with Toronto? What's Toronto got going on in this game? We'll break down their lineup a little bit when we come back. And then before we get to I got some betting stuff to get to, I want to throw out the idea of a Casey Middlestat trade just, just for a moment. We'll start talking more about moves and big swings. And I'll tell you why Middlestat, to me, would be the only guy that would be a, a big just un, a surprise to the room that they don't see coming that could actually be realistic. I'll explain a little bit later. We are brought to you here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast by FanDuel Sportsbook. When we get to our betting segment in a little bit, we are going to, of course, provide those odds from FanDuel as the weather gets colder. You know, it's uh, it's chilly in the, in the arena. The NFL offers stay hot. So do NHL offers staying hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. Wide-range betting options, futures, spreads, player props, over-unders, and plenty more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the National Football League. Stiggy Joe back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for your 24-7, covering the top stories of sports of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. What's going on in Toronto as of late? The Maple Leafs. As it stands in the Atlantic Division, they are going to be, in my opinion, just fine. They're going to make the playoffs, and we'll see once they get there. They are back to second place in the Atlantic, six points behind Boston with a game in hand for first place. They are 6-1-3 in their last 10 games. And if you look at some of their uh, some of their results as of late, they are coming off a big loss to the Rangers, 5-2. to two. Um, But they've scored a lot in recent memory. They only scored two in that game against the Rangers. Before that, seven against Pittsburgh, five against Columbus, seven against the Rangers, three against the Islanders, four against Nashville, four against Ottawa. They've only scored fewer than three goals, as I just kind of pointed out, one time in their last chunk of games, and that was their last game against a very defensively responsible Rangers team. So what are they going to do to the Sabres, who just had the Blue Jackets give up nine to them? This is where everybody collectively in their minds is thinking, well, Sabres, they lost nine to four to Columbus. They're going to lose 15 to four to Toronto. But keep in mind, The Sabres have been weird this year. We all know it. They've been really weird. They have beaten Colorado. They've beaten the Rangers. They've beaten the Bruins. They've beaten the Golden Knights. They've beaten Toronto. The Sabres beat the Leafs 6-4 back on November 4th, one of the best games of the year. Devin Levi had a really strong game in that. A lot of goals, especially down the stretch. They went to Toronto and they won. 
The Sabres make no sense. They get smoked by bad teams, and they, once in a while, once a week, once every other week, decide to just show up and, and beat a great team. And Toronto's a great hockey team. So I'm not, I'm not expecting the Sabres to get blown out in this game. I don't know what to expect from this Sabres team. And you know what? Uh, this is this is less about Toronto and more about uh, you know what let's let's flip flop. I'll get to Toronto's lineup in a second here. All this leads into my parlay of the day, my three leg parlay of the day. I'll give you my 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 first two legs. One, Dylan Cousins to score a goal. He has been piling up chances as of late. He scored the other night against Columbus, even in a game that got away from them. I'm going Cousins as an anytime goal scorer. I'm going over six and a half goals. I just ran through the list of Toronto games for you and how high scoring games, uh, how many goals they've been scoring as of late. So I'm going over six and a half and I'm going Sabres plus one and a half on the puck line to not lose by two or more. And again, there's no predicting this hockey team, no predicting them. So it makes them so infuriating. We see what they're capable of and they don't show that for two more weeks after that. And in this game, I could easily see them doing it. And I think that after being asked repeatedly in the locker room on Tuesday on whether they've quit on their head coach, whether they're still playing for their head coach, I guarantee you that has been circling the minds of Sabre players that love Don Granado. They love Don Granado. And now maybe it really clicks in for them. Maybe finally this, this happens in their minds and they go, wait a minute, if we don't get our bleep together, Donnie's out and we don't want that because, Hey, by the way, you might not, not, not just because you love Donnie, but it might also be because who knows what's on the other side. Aline Vigneault might come in and bag skate us, you know, twice, a, twice a practice. We don't want that. So I expect the players to come out with their hair on fire, fighting for, for their head coach to, to keep his job. That's what I expect from the Sabres in this game. So, to cover the spread, fighting for their coach. They are weirdly good against good teams this year. No predicting them. I'm going plus one and a half for the Sabres. All of those three together, Cousins score over six and a half, Sabres plus one and a half, plus 702, and it's 10 to win 70 in this one. The Leafs lineup for this game. We don't know their goaltender yet. As I mentioned, it looks like UPL for the Sabres. That's not official either at time of recording. We will see what we get from the Maple Leafs. They have been riding um, They've been riding a duo as of late of Ilya Samsonov and Joseph Wall. Joseph Wall actually has been their most consistent goaltender on the year. A 916 save percentage. He's actually played the most games at 15, where Samsonov has started 13. So we'll see what we get between uh, that and that, but uh, they've been fine. They've been perfectly fine in goals so far. The playoffs, you never know. That's really always the big question with Toronto. Willie Nylander, a career season, 41 points in 29 games so far. Austin Matthews, after a down-year goal scoring last year, right back to where he's used to, 25 goals in 28 games. That leads the National Hockey League at almost a goal per game. He's on like a 75-goal pace. The, the fact that he, the, the chances of him remaining there are not likely, but he's going to have a, a historically good season 
Um, could could have a historically good season, I should say, uh, given his early start. Looking at their line combinations, Matthews with Matthew Nyes and Willie Nylander up top. John Tavares with Tyler Bertuzzi and Mitch Marner is line two. Max Domi, remember Max Domi's in Toronto now, with Nick Robertson and Kale Youngcroft on the third line. Bobby McCann, David Kampf, and Noah Gregor on the fourth line. If you're looking at injuries, um, Mark Giordano out, John Klingberg out, uh, Joseph Wool, by the way, I didn't even see this. I apologize. He's out. So I'm imagining Sam Sonoff is going to be the guy that you're going to see as Matt Murray is also on IR. Um, but we'll see. Murray, I know, has been practicing. He might be eligible to return. Um, but Wall is out. My bad. Didn't see that. Uh, so that's what you're looking at for the Toronto lineup. Oh, defense pairings have skipped right over that. Morgan Riley with TJ Brody is the top pair. Jake McCabe. Hey, second pair defenseman, Jake McCabe on a really good hockey team. Didn't predict that. With Timothy Lilligren and William Lagasson and Connor Timmins is the third pair. Toronto is dangerous, and the Sabres can't. If they make the mistakes they did on Tuesday against Columbus, they will give up nine goals again for sure because Toronto is that talented. When we come back, we'll move on from this game. I just want to throw out the idea of a, of a shake-the-room type of trade, and there's only one guy I think does that. That makes any sense. And I'll get to that when we come back. Trade idea here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented here on the show by Game Time. Check out the Game Time app. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater near you. Last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your arena. With zone deals, you pick the section Game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, use the code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Final segment here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're going to start talking more big picture stuff as this team continues to fall down their uh, the way their way in the standings. So, what about trades? Now, we are in the middle of a roster freeze. There is a roster freeze in place for the National Hockey League. In fact, I should check real quick when that ends. I believe that ends on the new year. Um, the Sabres making some compliant moves in accordance with that. Yeah, Dece- the, actually before the new year, December 28th um, is when the roster freeze lifts. Out of that, if the Sabres are still losing or on a losing streak, if they want to make a big move, does it have to be firing the coach? And I think that's going to be the natural landing spot for most is well, if you're going to do something that, that qualifies as a shakeup, which this team probably deserves the way they're playing, the firing of the coach is the way to do that. Is there another idea? And by the way, throw me an idea. You want to tweet it at me at Sneaky Joe Sports or at Lockdown Sabres. You want to text it to me, uh, join subtext.com slash Lockdown Sabres. Shoot me an idea. Here's mine. My idea, if they want to go for a big shakeup, is trading away Casey Middlestat. 
And that will be a tough pill to swallow. But any shakeup should be a tough pill to swallow. Any big trade where you're bringing back something of value should be a tough pill to swallow for what you're giving up. That's how it works. Especially for Middlestat. Middlestat is one of the success stories that Don Granado has had. A guy that was nowhere. As much as we talk about Jeff Skinner was a healthy scratch and on the fourth line when Ralph Kruger was the head coach. We also forget Ralph Kruger had Casey Middlestat on the taxi squad. He wasn't even on the game-to-game roster. And he has turned into a, I mean, this year, he's on pace for almost 70 points, 27 points in 33 games. Um, He's got five in his last three games. He had a three-point night, two goals, one was an empty netter against Vegas. He's putting up the points, and he's going back to last year. I, I, I've seen lists that he's like one of the highest five-on-five scoring players in hockey from the last two months of last year to the first two months of this year. That four-month stretch, middle stats, like top 10 in five-on-five points. It's like McKinnon, McDavid, and Crosby are like a couple of the only players that are above him. He's been really good. I will say... While saying that, he has been struggling a little bit more in the last couple of weeks. I have not liked him nearly as much in the last couple of weeks. But on the overall, this guy's a success story. He's done everything they've asked. He was way too small. He was way too easily pushed off the puck when he first showed up. He fanned on pucks so much. And by the way, he has done that a couple times recently, I've noticed. But always fanned on the puck when he first showed up. Just was not ready for the NHL. But... They didn't have any other option, so he was here. And probably unfair to him, but what did they? What did Granado and Adams ask of him? Hey, go get some muscle. Go mature as a player. And Middlestat, remember we were talking about him being a dog early in the year where you could not get him off the puck. He, is, he became a monster in that area. No, he's not Joe Thornton, but he, he's, he's got ability – to just shield off defenders. Why? The dude worked his butt off in the offseason, in a couple of different offseasons, to become a more physical player, to become, not in terms of hitting, but someone that you just can't push off easily. And I think he's become that. He's become a more mature offensive player in general. I think he's become a great, I shouldn't say great, I should stop short there. He used to be a horrible defensive player, Now he's pretty good. He's the guy you see charging on the back check to prevent a two-on-one. And because he's so fast, he does give you that impact um, in certain defensive aspects. So I've liked the player a lot The middle stat has developed into. And yeah, his explosion is not the same level as Thompson or Dahlin, but it's pretty darn good. And so why is he the guy I'm throwing in here as an idea to shake up for a trade? Well, part of it is circumstance. If you don't want to move, if you don't want to move off from Granado, what do you do? If you're going to do something big, look around at their core group of players. Thompson signed, and you're not doing that. Cousins is signed, and you're not doing that. Alex Tuck is not, but come on, right? There's no way that guy's become a face of the team, and they're not doing that. Um, who else? Benson just showed up here. That's obviously a no. Paterka and Quinn 
are higher ceiling players, and they also are cost-controlled. Two more years at $863,000, so that's not as good of an idea. And then on the blue line, Darlene assigned, Samuelson assigned, Power assigned, and nobody else would qualify as a shakeup. Middlestat. He's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. They're going to have to make a decision on whether or not to pay him. So he's the easiest to move off from because you got to pay him quicker than you got to pay the younger guys, Quinn and Paterka. Also, you have a better idea of the ceiling for Middlestad versus Quinn and Paterka. And he actually has value compared to, you know, go trade even Peyton Krebs right now. I don't think that's a shakeup. I don't think you're getting much for Peyton Krebs. You're not really changing your hockey team that much by trading Middlestad. Also, now that Cousins and Thompson are back healthy, you do see where the Sabres are at center-wise. They are not the deepest team in the league, and they got to a point where they were really struggling there. So it's not perfect, but they could afford to trade Casey Middlestad. I think on a lot of teams, not all of them, there's some really good – Toronto. Toronto is not one of their top three. But there are a lot of teams where Middlestat would be their second-line center. And on this team, when everybody's healthy, he's not in the top six. There's no room for him. He's the third-line guy. So you could trade him to a team that would use him as their second-line center, and you give Middlestat a further opportunity because you have an easier time to replace a third-line center than that team has to replace a second-line center You could have Peyton Krebs play third-line center. I think Krebs is capable of that. I've liked Krebs, and I still think there's more offensive upside there than what he showed, but he's he's got to do it at some point, right? But you could find a third-line center. You know, who's your modern-day version of Nick Bonino? Go get that guy. You can replace that if you need to. And what you could get in return, the idea I have, is a legit second pair or even top pair, but more likely a second pair defenseman. Brett Pesci from Carolina, but uh, just a name, a guy like that. Go get a 20-plus minute a night, legit top four defenseman. Because Yoki Haru, it's kind of funny. I did a show a week ago on how good Yoki Haru's been this year. He's been terrible ever since. And that really goes to show, hey, he's not really a guy you want consistently in the top four. We talked about that position in the offseason. They didn't address it. They signed two Bottom pair defenseman and Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson neither look anywhere near capable of being someone that could jump up into the top four if need be. Can you get a guy like that for Middlestat? A hockey trade. You, you're not even losing talent level. You're just flipping the position. Who is the Casey Middlestat equivalent at his position at defense in the league? Can you make that work? And at the same time, that would be the wake up call to the room that they might need right now because they're all in it together, right? They've all been together for multiple years now. They are all, they have this common cause, right? They're all below a poso trying to develop as men and as players. You show them, Hey, this is a business and you better start getting some, you know what? So to go get some results, we're trading Middlestead out this, this right here, you trade Middlestead out and, you tell the players and Granado, hey, we mean business. We mean business. This this thing better turn around or we're going to start doing this. And I don't really think you need to follow up on that threat, but you, 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 it's a wake-up call, right? 
It's it's that while also making some sense for the roster. I would not do it just for the in the name of a wake up call. I would do it because it might actually make more sense for your roster. But again, that trade's got to be out there. I like the Brett Pesci idea. Carolina has been struggling a lot this year. Um, the problem with that is you got to Pesci has to wave a no trade clause to come here, and you might run into that a lot, which is why it's not as easy as just saying, "Hey, trade Middlestaff for a top four defenseman." I get why that's not as easy as just saying it, because you've got to get the player to commit too, and you got to find a guy that's available in the first place. Hey, okay, what about Dougie Hamilton in Calgary? Is that a move? Is that an idea? Um, again, these are just ideas I'm spitballing out there, but that level of defenseman is the trade idea that I have at this moment in time. Let me know what you think in terms of wake-up calls or a big splash move that isn't firing the coach. Because the the, the one thing I don't want to have happen is this show just develop into every show we're talking about firing the coach for the next two months if we don't think it's going to happen. We'll, of course, mention it, and I welcome you guys talking about it. Um, but I don't want it to be the subject of every single show going forward. But there are other things that can be done. Just wanted to throw that out there, and maybe a middle stat trade is something. That's it for us here on Locked on Sabres. We uh, hope you enjoy Sabres and Leafs. It'll be dependent on the team for that, of course. Um, If you're going to the game uh, quickly, you should expect what? 90% is 90% too much? 90% Leaf fans? I don't think we've ever seen the amount of Leaf fans we're about to see on Thursday night. It's going to be crazy. I'm guessing 90-10. I don't even think that's an exaggeration. It's going to be that bad. But... That can make for a fun atmosphere. I'll be in attendance. And uh, if you are, I hope you enjoy it too. We'll see what the hot dog is for Toronto. They've already done cheese curd, so maybe I have to do something different than that. Thanks everybody for listening to Locked On Sabres. Again, check out Locked On Sports today here for your 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Drought count, 4,621 days. Got to end that thing as soon as possible. Enjoy Sabres and Leafs. We'll talk to you after the game here on Locked on Sabres, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.